Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me alongside, as always, the great Michelle Yu. Michelle, where are you today? I am at home, take, getting ready to take Olivia to a musical. Oh, a mu what musical? We're going to go see Hairspray. Oh, that's so fun. I actually liked the movie Hairspray. I did too, actually. And I, I, I've never seen Hairspray as the musical. I've only seen it as the movie. So I'm looking forward to it. Oh, that'll be fun. Well, we have a great guest. Uh, if you're listening to the show, you, you, know, you know Mage has won the Kentucky Derby. We're going to talk about that in a second. We have uh, the gentleman who picked him out, Ramiro Restrepo, who's also one of the owners. And I think if you you're, just stay tuned, you're really going to enjoy this interview. Um, we find out a lot about his background and, and a lot about the mage journey. So if you're interested in that at all, stay tuned. It's really fun, um, full of energy and, and just an overall good guy. Michelle, what did you let's not I don't want to do a whole thing on the Derby. Let's just because everybody knows what happened. We don't need to recap it ourselves. Give me like two or three kind of points that you saw that you thought were interesting. Um, I just thought two fills ran an absolute banger of a race to get away from the winner. Uh, you know, we, I think that we both liked him because we'd had his owners as guests on yep. our show. Yep. And when they turned for home in front and Jareth made that early move, I was yelling for him. Don't get me wrong. I had mage on every ticket. So like when he came up, I was thrilled with that too, but I just felt like the little guys might get it done right here. So I thought that was a really great takeaway. And how about when he, how about when he, wait, Michelle, Michelle, in, Michelle. How about when Loughberry uh, yes. pointed to his wife after the wire? Did you see that? Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, you'll see it on social media. It's really cool. Yeah. Oh, and he was so pumped. Like, he's like, I, I just ran second in the Kentucky. Like, he's yeah. so pumped. I think a lot of people will be disappointed. And, I, and yeah, he's but, really taking it the right way. He's and I, I think he put on a good ride. Like, he, if you read some of his quotes, he really didn't think verifying w would stop the way he did. And I think that kind of right. took him to the lead rather than him making some premature move. So uh, credit to two fills. Absolutely, Michelle. I think that's a great point. Any what other is there one other thing takeaway that you got? How about my super long shot disarm running fourth? Yeah, he ran. He ran good for you, Billy. Yeah. Meanwhile, I didn't have an age. Anyway. Yeah, I, I said he was a toss and you said he was a uh Must good, value, good value yeah i i I, I listen i i lost more money on saturday than i probably have in my whole life i was absolutely awful oh my gosh i had a great day how is that possible we were so, i was so terrible i don't know i i really needed I, I uh, made like a thousand bucks on saturday wow. i needed far bridge that kind of ruined my day right and and so i think after that i just went on a steady decline of of agony <laughs> Uh, but, um, the other thing I, you know, and Michelle, I'd love your opinion on this because I was actually at Santa Anita this morning and I, I was speaking with, uh, Edwin Maldonado and Giovanni Franco and JJ Hernandez, all three of them. And I said, I, I was kind of stunned. A lot of people said before the Derby that there wasn't much pace. And then you and I came and we said, I think they're going to go faster than people think. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying that we were right about that, but what bothered me was, it was only verifying and um, and Kings Barnes. Like it was only those two. Like couldn't they? Didn't Jose Ortiz on Kings Barnes and and uh, Tyler Gaffleone on verifying? Couldn't did didn't? Where was their clock that to know that <laughs> Jesus Christ? We just went forty five 
You know, like where that's what kind of like, and I asked the jockeys this morning at San Diego, I said, do, you know, and they said, sometimes, you know, you're in the heat of the battle. It's a huge race. It's 20 horses. It's the biggest day in the world. And you just kind of, they get away, you know? I mean, yeah, but also you have to think how many times have you seen a rider go out and have the lone speed and they choke the horse back. Right. And then everyone's just right there in a group. Like if you have a horse that's fast, like we knew that, you know, Kings Barnes has speed. Like you have to just utilize that. Right. But at some point, I would have thought that they could have tried to slow it down. It seemed to me that they just kind of got hooked up. And I think if you right. secretly ask both riders, they would be disappointed in themselves. Not, you know, even Jose Ortiz could have just backed off, you know. Right. And, and you know, I don't think verifying was going to go wire to wire going 45. Right. Um, right. So I, that that just kind of like was one of the things. And then I felt, you know, I knew all week. I really liked Tappet Trice. I liked his. I. I. I but I knew. Oh, not me. I, I was know, so anti but, but I knew that he might get in trouble the way he breaks and get shuffled back. And that's exactly what happened. It's like it's kind of like you know one what of those... happened is he won the the Tampa Bay Derby in the bluegrass. That's all <laughs> that's it happened. Right. Really. That's right. Go that's right. And, and just get ready. He's gonna win the Belmont. Yeah. And gang, let's good. give let's give one more credit to Angel of Empire who ran third, who I thought ran a bang up race. Obviously had the same kind of setup as Mage, um, Flavian Pratt came running late. He was really gobbling up the ground late. Um, credit to credit to that crew as well, the Albaugh family uh, with Angel of Empire. All right, let's do this. Let's not even do three things of note this week. Let's get right to Ramiro Restrepo. We're gonna take a quick break and then we'll get to Ramiro. The Owner's Box is brought to you in part by Gainsway. We are thrilled to be partnered with Gainsway Farms for 2023. They stand up-and-coming stallion McKenzie. McKenzie produced 16 six-figure first crop weanlings, the most of any first crop sire, yielding a $135,000 weanling average. I know, I tried to buy one. <laughs> At Keeneland January, McKenzie... Kinsey produced the two highest price first crop yearlings, a $250,000 and a $220,000 colt, well above the $145,000 Keeneland January. January sales average. Additionally, at Phasic dipped in February, McKinsey had the highest price first crop yearling at two hundred thousand. Don't miss out on your opportunity. For more information, visit Gainsway. I'll just add this: power, passion, performance. I'm going to add something too to this ad read. I went Did to Gain. I went to, to Gains. I went to Gainsway. I met McKenzie's Unbelievable. Oh. I saw Tap It. It was. And they have the most beautiful little stallion barn complex. It's all Spanish style. It is magnificent. So if you That's get a chance, cool. go see Gainesway. All right, back here on the owner's box. We told you we had a special guest, and we really do. His name is Ramiro Restrepo, and he is one of the owners of Mage. Am I saying Mage right, Ramiro? You got it. It's Mage. Well, someone now a lot of people. It's like a magician. Yeah, I know. First of all, um, first of all, congratulations. Let's say that first of all, Michelle. I think you feel the same way. Oh yes, massive congratulations. Yeah. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, you know, it's definitely it's on so many layers. It, it really hits you, and you're just not prepared for it. Um, but it's just, any, nonetheless, it's super special. It's. You know, I, I've never been married and I don't have children. So this is, you know, the ultimate life moment um, for myself and uh, being able to experience it with family and amazing friends. And uh, and then from the horse perspective, to, to take it all in, it's it's just unbelievable. Well, by the way, just so people out there know, I w uh, your box was literally in front of our box. 
and you guys were kind of sitting there so patiently all day. I love the outfits. I'm I'm thinking of stealing the those. I don't. What are those hats called? They were great with the. I, you guys looked so professional and handsome and just taken in the derby. It was fantastic. <laughs> you know, we um, we 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 really felt confident in the horse, guys. Uh, I've had people asking me all week, you know, just close, you know that I, I feel like I'm part of a very large fraternity of the horse, the younger set of the horsemen, and I use the term younger with loosely with myself. Um, but who are in their 30s, late 30s, and who are buying horses and, and selling horses and, and just in, the, in that mix. And even though it's a game of wins and losses and, you know, profits and losses in, in the sales ring, we are a big fraternity and sorority of, of people that really get along outside, you know, outside the finish line. And uh, so many people have been asking me all week, like so many friends from Kentucky, like, how was I feeling in that? I really was just at ease. Um, yeah, you looked it. No, you looked it. I, I saw you all day. I kept looking at you. We kept smiling at each other, kept waving. I'm yeah. like, hey, there's my guy again. Um, but, you know, I want, I'm sure Michelle has 1,000 questions. And before we get into the actual derby, because I know everybody's talking about that and they want to hear about Mage and all that, we want to hear about you, Romero. Tell us a little bit about your background, how you got involved with the thoroughbreds and, and ownership and, and, and bloodstock agents and all that kind of stuff. Just give us the whole scoop. Take us back to whenever it all started <laughs> um, so I'm I am a fifth generation horseman uh, my grandfather who's the one that I have the closest connection to uh, moved his family from Colombia South America and that's with two O's not there's no U in there and I know that, <laughs> that happens a lot um, sure this is South Carolina man uh, in, that, in 1968, he moved the family of seven from, from there when the racetracks closed to the United States. And look, it was a different climate coming over as an immigrant in the 60s to the 2000s. Sure. Uh, he had to just reset his life. I mean, imagine the, the just the socio-economical climate in, in New York 1960s uh, without speaking a lick of English. And, and all you know is horse racing so in Colombia, while he was a jockey a breeder an owner a trainer and highly respected there he had to come to america and start from zero yeah um, what's amazing is that even with the language barrier his horsemanship was and his sons my two uncles their horsemanship was so appreciated that even if they even though they were uh having to reset as hot walkers grooms Foremans, they went to go work for some pretty amazing people. So as a kid, I got to see winter circles of them with horses for John Russell when, uh, and, and Roger Lauren when they had the fixed horses, both in New York and in Anahalia Park, and they would be tending to these horses. Um, they worked for Lucian Lauren, and it was pretty cool like that. Wow. My uncles would be the only ones allowed in the stall of River Ridge and Secretariat to, and Angolite to you know give them food. Um Wow, so, that's sick. When I was when I was thirteen, when I was twelve, turning thirteen, I'll never forget. Lucian Lorden came to the barn at Saratoga, and he was calling my grandfather Papa. And I have a I, there's a Kodak picture, a yellow camera Kodak picture of me, Lucian Lorden, and my grandfather, 
that my grandmother had forever. And, uh, you know, it's just she when she passed and it was the eras of carrying around those big chests of photo albums. So, gosh, I wish I could have found it. Um, but I saw it for so many years in, in, in the photo albums at my grandma's house before she passed uh, in the early 2000s. And um, being exposed to this since you could crawl, like I've used this analogy before, you know, when you're a little kid, you can learn like six languages, you know, or you, your brain is a sponge. Right. So um, when my mother met my dad, I was lucky to be raised in as the son of a horse owner, not the son of a trainer or the horse of a, or the son of a, someone who, you know, works these crazy long hours. So rather than having to being resentful of the business taking away my, my, my mom or my dad, on the contrary, the business was welcoming to me because we'd go see our horses run, we'd go see our horses train. And um, my uncle basically negotiated with my mother to let them to let her lend me to them to go at Saratoga, like walk hot and change bandages and food, you know, uh, the, the, you know, give food to the horses, feed the, do, do the feed tubs, water buckets, and uh, and things of that nature. I got to be a little barn rat, you know, with middle school, high school. So I got to be around horses from like, from what I, like I, I, I can remember caveats 83 Belmont, Swales 84 Derby, spend the buck 85 crushing my, my beloved chief's crown. <laughs> Don't tell Andrew Rosen. <laughs> you know, like you know when you're a kid, like the, the colors, like Claiborne's orange, the pink and blue of Howard Keck, the, the Ferdinand, absolutely you know, the checkered of Ali Sheba, like things like that. The pink, you know, the, the, the Har- pink, Harborview the Farm, a, a firm. Harborview Farms. You know, and it was I'm born in '78, so you added this allegiance to Harborview, you know. Yeah. Uh, and the firm, and 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 I and I took so much pride growing up. Like, yeah, there's never been a triple crown winner since I was born. You know, uh, those are like little things that that stayed with me. And then being at the barns and seeing like Meadow Star, Turn Back the Alarm, Hansel, Corporate Report, uh, all around me at such a young age, and being told, you know, oh look, they're galloping today. Look how they gallop. Look how they try. Look how they warm up. That's a lead change. Those things remain embedded in your mind and it's like you absorb it so much more at a young age than rather coming into something at an older age so um that was always my uh, a love and a passion i guess in being connected to your grandfather who's special you know it's a special figure in many people's lives and and your uncles um you develop a love for something you know yep Oh, and, believe uh, me, you're you're and, talking you're talking to two people like right now. I feel like you're just telling my story. It's it's really amazing. I was very close with my grandfather. He got me involved, and I know Michelle's been around horse racing for so long. And it's really when you're talking about this stuff, I always call it the historical perspective, and I think that's really important. And that's kind of what you're given. And I what I want to know is once you've you, you know you absorb all this stuff but now you're getting older you're 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 now in your 20s like how do you make that leap to do some of this stuff for yourself give us that part of your journey well it, it, you know i know you you from the baseball and uh myself i went the tennis route and uh, i played you know in junior tennis up until when i was 18 i played probably two of the biggest junior tennis tournaments in the world i played against guys that ended up being former uh top 10 uh, players and Grand Slam finalists, and wow. 
including Fernando Gonzalez, who actually uh, was top five tennis player, lived in Chile, sold a, a Chilean, owned a Chilean Derby winner, quite active in the third urban business down there, and you know we still stay in touch. Uh, but I quickly learned in college that my limitations were not going to make me into the next level. So I still remained, in, I went on a different route in my career path. I, I went into South Beach nightlife, I, very celebrity driven, high profile uh, entertainment events and stuff like that. And luckily I went to go work for like a D Wayne Lucas of that world. Okay. That to this day is the most like renowned uh, hospitality and entertainment. The guy teaches uh, guest lectures for hospitality at Harvard and has like the most insane nightclubs and, and restaurants in Vegas. Uh, Manhattan, uh, Hong Kong, Australia, you name it. So it was great to go work for those guys. And I, I was in that world for like 14 years. And all the while, horse racing was my, like, my, 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 I still read about it, went to the big races, you know, attended the big days and just always stayed with the, uh, with the game. In 08, one of my uncles said, look, I have a, uh, it was aqueduct was, was, it was off the turf. The winter was coming. He was like, there's a filly here. She's run three times. Uh, she's undernourished and is not, you know, hasn't realized her full potential, but you can buy, she's been running like made in 40, made in 50 at, on the grass. You can buy her for five grand. She's right. the daughter of Brom. And he goes, you know, you're 30. Why don't you, uh, get into horse ownership? She's like, you know, your parents have been out of the game for a few years since they divorced. We can bring back the family colors. And, and, and I was like, all right, let's do it. Buy right. Five. That's sick. Five grand five to the grand. Kentucky yeah, Derby. This is this. the greatest. Okay, five grand. How did she do? Five grand. And we took her to Tampa, and Tampa has a rule that if they haven't hit the board, you have to run on the dirt there to qualify for the turf. So we ran her maiden twenty-five. Oh my gosh, that's a crazy rule. Yeah. And she ran third. Beautiful. She ran third, so she qualified for the turf. And mind you, this is 07. I don't know how it is now, but in 07, this is what I was. This is yeah. what we had to do. And uh, <laughs> so we qualified for the dirt race, and the, the the Gallup boy at the farm at Ricky Lapella's farm that my uncle was working at. Ricky Lapella was a pinhooker, famous pinhooker, yep. Ocala. Yep. Ricky Lapella allowed us to train our horse after my uncle helped with the sets for the two-year-old sales. So we would train the filly there, and the exercise rider on the farm was the one that rode her in the race. His car breaks down the morning <laughs> of the maiden fifty. <laughs> no way! So I gotta call the racing office. And my uncle's like, call the office and try to get Federico Mata. And I call the office. I'm like, Federico, Mata's got days. How about Jose Lopez? And he was like, all right, F it. Jose Lopez it is. So Jose Lopez riser, made in 50. She is balloons on the board. And uh, Jose comes in the paddock. And my uncle was like, just put her in a good spot. And at the three eights, ask her for everything and she'll take you home. And she wins. Wow. I went. Bananas. So like, <laughs> if I well, wait a second. Then, I was converted at that moment. Yeah, you know? like, we we've seen you uh, go bananas. We've seen the viral video <laughs> on the internet, which is like honestly, it would I think it was even subdued. But so you you go bananas, and now you're you're back in. You're hooked. And and did that lead uh, to, hooked. you know, you getting even more involved? To, 
that led to, to to myself just saying, I don't know what I have to do or how I'm going to do it. Am I like no no lie? I said, do I have to be the next West Point? Do I have to be the next Eclipse? Am I going to be a uh, uh, like what am I doing? What am I going to do for this business? You know. So yep. um, I started first. I started claiming horses. We won races at Finger Lakes, and, and I'm, when I say claim, I'm talking about claiming uh, three thousand, four thousand dollar horses. Because if you if at Finger Lakes, yeah, when you come off the winter. You can run claiming not winners of one in six months, claiming not winners of two in six months, four thousand. Then you, you can bump up to claiming five thousand not winners of one, claiming five thousand not winners of two. So you can win four races and crack out like thirty k <laughs> for your and three grand. For your three four grand, that's and that's what we did. We we claimed a couple of the Meadowlands. We claimed. I mean, I can't believe this, but. We won at uh, we won at Thistle Downs. We ran at Prescott. We uh, we ran at. Uh, I mean, <laughs> well, I think I mean, and I think I think what you're saying. Things. I think what you're saying. If I could jump in for a second, is just there's. Yeah. You know, I talked about historical perspective. There's also racing perspective. And what you've done is you started at the bottom. I mean, you're 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 starting at the smallest tracks with the cheapest horses and having success. So it makes this journey, to me even more impressive. I mean, you, you have to go to school somewhere, you right. know, like you have to, it, it, you have to turn, it, well, you, it, if you have hunger, thirst and passion and love for something and, and, and there's an innate ability within you, it still has to come out somewhere. And, and, and the encouragement that you're getting from winning, I remember my dad was furious at me one day that we won a race and I went bananas for like five grand. You're running for 5,000. I'm like, I'm like, we won. Do you know how hard it is to win at anything in life? Yep. We won. Yep. We're winners. <laughs> you know, and he couldn't under, like he he was just beside himself that I was so animated for for the for a win at such a level low, lower level. But it was it was giving me the confidence to keep on pushing and did your and uh, did your parents? Let me stop you for right there because it's interesting. Because did your parents at that point say, you know, what are you doing? Like, what, why are you doing this? You, you, you had this great hospitality business. You were on the rise. Um, and now you're doing these piddly little $3,000 claimers. Like, where is this going in your life? Not my mother, because my mom uh, came from that business and she knew what the horses meant to the family and how, how noble they are, you know, to, to, you know, how they serve us with, with, with with their efforts, that prize money fuels families. Man, I mean, yep. there's people who work paid to paycheck as whatever a bank, you know, a bank teller, whatever it is, and there's people that live paycheck to paycheck on the horses. I mean, that's a yep. reality of our of, of us. And she loved the fact that I wanted to pursue something that was so special to that side of the family. My dad, on the contrary, was like, "Go get a job, you know, stay in the beverage business, go work for you know, yeah. why'd you leave?" this company or that. And I was like, I don't give an F, you know, like I'm doing this and that's that. So it was my you dad. Can, you can, that. you can swear on this show. It's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. My dad was like, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I, I told my dad, I don't give a fuck. I'm, I'm doing this. That, that's it. Oh, wait, I like the bananas though. Can we not lose bananas? Okay. That's the key here. <laughs> hey, and, uh, um, did you ever, yeah. did you ever say to yourself at any point, you're, you're claiming a horse for 3000 at Finger Lakes. Did you ever think to yourself, I'm going to win the Kentucky Derby one day? No, that, 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 I, not, it's just, I, I just, those are things that are like, would you ever want to travel on what Elon Musk sing to, or Branson sing to the moon? You know, like, what is that right. thing that you pay 
X amount of money for like SpaceX. You want right. to go for a ride to the, what is that? Like, I'm not doing that. That's absurd. You know, like, like I just, you just, you're really just on a, on a, in the present journey. I think it's been a theme of my whole life. I'm, I, I don't worry about the mistakes or the things that I've done in the past and the future. Uh, what am I going to sit here and give myself, you know, a mental anguish over things. I'm, you, you got to, you know, deal with what's in front of you. And yep. that's always been my, my, my thought process on things. And it's worked, you know, like anything that I ever did, I, I was, I was bailing myself out of something or, or speaking something into an existence. Like it was always like, what are we doing now? And we got to do it, you know? So. No, it makes, I, makes a lot of sense. Fraternity brothers, uh, huh? No, it makes a lot of sense. Keep going. It, so I, I got some fraternity brothers together and we started getting some horses down in Florida. Um, like a Benny the Bull Philly, uh, son of an express tour. Um, so not big. Canadian, needless to say, not big pedigrees. No, not big <laughs> pedigrees, but they were runners. Right. That was the thing. Like you bought one for eighteen, and she won open. So are, are you picking all these out? Yeah, yeah. And 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 with no like formal education, except just leaning on everything that I've seen in my life. Like I'm just, I just like you're in that line from Google Hunting, like. I could just, you know, this guy sits in front of the piano. He could just play. Yep. You know, there's people that I could, like, and I don't want to, you know, first of all, there are many amazing horse people in our business and amazing judgments of talent. Like, there's not just one above them all. There's many amazing people. I would just like to include myself into that group of people, you know? And, well, I, and, I, and, I, and, I think deserve, well, after what you've done, what you did last so. weekend, deservedly, deservedly so. Ramiro Restrepo <laughs> joining us here on the owner's box. I, I, I want to, I think I want to get to the Derby now because so many things let's, let's talk about mage. And, Wait, can and, we talk about, yeah, I want to uh, talk uh, about like the very beginning. Yes. Of mage. I'd love to hear, I'd love to sure. hear the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, who named him? And by the way, just so, just so everyone knows, Mage was purchased at the Facing Tipton uh, Maryland sale, which is coming up in a, in a week and a half or two weeks right after yes. Preakness. So I um, wanted to get that in. But, yeah, let's talk about the story of going to that sale, uh, Romero, and just take us through take us through that journey. Sure. So just to speed you up from 2012 to now, I started getting little opportunities to hit the sales and a little more budgets and more and more. I would, get, I would, I would um, have success with those purchases. 2018, I bought a horse for 160000 my first opportunity to swing. I partnered with Joe Pickerel, and uh, we felt that pin-hooking, we could make some ROI and also get some attention. Bought him in 2018 for 160000 We sold him for 850000 Wow. the following year. And then by that November, he was the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Champion. And that right there, and when he retired the following year, the connections – uh, Jeff Brown and Don Rachel were, were so kind and Chad Brown to allow me to sell him as a stallion prospect and I sold him to Japan. So that right there created this confidence in me that given the opportunity to buy horses of perceived quality at a higher level, that I that I really felt that I knew what I was doing. Like I, I, I found a Breeders' Cup winner and obviously Mike Ryan bought him as a two-year-old who was another amazing judge of talent. But it gave me that confidence that to say like, I know what I'm doing. So yep. uh, three years ago, Gustavo Jr. and I wanted to wanted to keep increasing my profile as a buzzsaw agent, his profile as a barn. We've been hitting the sales like domestically, and then we've gone to Ireland, France, and, and England and bought horses. 
bought a couple of them over here. And when I say horses, I mean one, <laughs> you know, two. Hey, that's, that's plenty. Not not thirty. Yeah. So so you're not, not the 30. you're not the mini Avengers. No, I, I, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> I just uh, up until that moment, I don't have that kind of superpower or, or, or firepower. <laughs> you know, I, I can do what I can. Right. But, you know, I'd rather be the tail, the head of a mouse, than the tail of a lion. And you have to go and participate. You have to go build relationships. You have to go do your thing. And Junior and I have been on that mission. So we bought yearlings and. Now they're three, or and 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 we went about two year olds, and now they're three. And the oldest horse we ever, we ever purchased is, is four. But um, we 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 went to the Timonium sale. We worked the sale, and our system is is uh, very similar to a lot, you know, to to a lot of organizations. The you know, you, myself as a blood stock agent will do the first round by myself. I don't have any shortlisters or none of that or none of that stuff. I work the whole. Sale. I filter out the catalog to things that might fall between our hope price range because I'm not going to buy any Uncle Mo's or Tappets that I. It's a uh, it's a fantasy to want to buy those things. Right. So I work the sale, make a list of what we think we can buy. Junior comes in, and we both cruise through that list and then show uh, uh, Junior, uh, Papa Senior, you know, that, that final spell and then he gives you know his thumbs up of what he's comfortable with and then we go for it at this particular so senior couldn't go so junior and i worked the list and hand of god we we had two horses on the list that's the horse that ended up being H and mimi kakushi who ended up getting oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the funny silly. thing is is as she debuted before he did and, the, and she won the oaks and the guineas in the uae and then was coming to the derby and I was like, Junior, did we fuck up and buy the wrong one? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You know, like, hey, what did she sell for? Close. What did she sell for? Two fifty, but she sold after him. So he goes okay. into the ring. He goes into the ring, and we're like, "All right, we got two hundred. Let's go." And it got to two hundred rather quickly. And I was like, "Dude, we gotta stop." And he goes, "Fuck that. Go, go, go." <laughs> I've, when I've told the story before, I, I've used it to me. Junior was like. Let's go, bro. Man up. Let's fucking go. Let's go, go, go. Yeah. I was like, fuck it. And I, and I kept bidding. And then 290, hammer hit. And um, did, did you have, did you have did you, in, instant well, remorse? Ask, what did you think you were going to get him for? Because he was a $235,000 yearling. Right. So, you, you know, we have like two in our minds just because uh, Hejazi had already sold from that consignment. Yep. Uh, for, for three, for, you know, three, two. Um, there wasn't many people left in the ring. Uh, yeah. And when you say two, ah, what's 220? I mean, <laughs> that, that yearling stuff, a lot of times, it's not a home run. But it, and it happens right. to anyone who can. Yeah. Did he I work really good? I don't, I don't remember him working. Did he work good? He worked excellent. He just didn't change leads until until he, because, you know, Timonium's a, a tighter track. He went on yeah. the wrong lead, but his times were great. And then when he, on the gallop out, um, when he hit like the almost the middle of the backstretch, he switched and wanted to kick on again like a month. Like he just was like, Roof. like he ate that track up. And the rider, right as he switches leads, starts trying to get a hold of him to stop him. So he never. I mean, what do you do? Go, go, you, you can't go around a second lap. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You could. Hold on, wait, I mean, we're just getting warmed up. Yeah, hold on, everybody. <laughs> that, that. And and it did, there didn't seem to be the buzz on the horse. You know, it wasn't like you know, right. Faiza or. 
or, or Hijazi that you knew everybody was on those horses. There was just that much electricity on those horses. Sometimes. And, and granted, and, 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 uh, and, and deservedly so. One's a great one, placed horse, and one's a great one winner. I mean, yeah. it's not like people were wrong. No, but you know, sometimes, sometimes interesting. I'm just gonna throw my perspective because sometimes when you're doing that and you're bidding, I just did this recently at OBS, and I bid more than I had, and I probably shouldn't have, but I you just get caught up in the moment, and then when you're done, you get really excited. Tell me if this is like you, Romero. You get really excited for about like five minutes, and then you kind of go, "Uh oh, what, oh, what did shit. I just do? <laughs> did you yeah. did you have any of that uh, kind of little bit of instant remorse going? Whoa, did I just uh, bust my budget? Well, well, you, you know, you get you get the horse, and you know the consigner comes over, is shaking your hand, and I'm signing the ticket. And Junior's like, "Don't worry about it, we got this." I go, "We?" I go, "You mean me?" <laughs> I'm the one that's gonna have to go find the people. And, and he kind of, you know, did his right. He has like a, a sly wry smile, and was like, "I know you got it." And and I was like, "Man, brother, let's get." And but you know what? I, we, he was number one on our Mel Kiper big board, so yep. whatever. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, exactly. It, it was like. Wasn't like oh, we didn't like we 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 forced ourselves to buy something we didn't like. We loved it. He was our number one. Like so, if you're ever gonna do something like that, you gotta do it on something that you love. And we loved him. So whatever. You yeah, know? absolutely. Like, it, and it yeah. was an easy sell, Billy Michelle. Guys, we, I made two calls, Boom. and it was over. Like Sam, right. I got this horse. Send me the picture. I think he's a monster. Where, who do I wire the money to? That's uh, great. Chase, uh, let's do a Zoom. We did one Zoom. Chase was like, I'll be there tomorrow with 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 my girlfriend to go see him. And he turns around that next day. All right, cool. Tell me where I, you know, where I, where I send the money. So it was done. You know, that's very cool. It was done. Yeah. Did you? Let, yeah, let who no who Go ahead. named him? Well, I, I, I like to take all uh, of naming horses a la cool more. You know, like these cool names that have yes, a, yes. The one word, of course. Yeah. I, I really admire you know that, that about them amongst other things that they do. But that's really cool. And then. You know, Glinda the Good Witch is his grandmother. Yep. Uh, good magic. Mage means magician. Yep. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was a smooth, um, a smooth name. I, I, I think sounds like a Derby winner, my it's, friend. It's a great name. It's an outstanding name. Talk about talk a little bit about. He, he doesn't make it to the track until he's three. Um, obviously, you have high. I remember his debut. I think it was on a big day because I remember being at Santa Anita and watching Gulfstream that day. And he just broke like broke like a shot, went wire to wire. And at that point, you were like, "Okay, we have something special." Yeah, I mean that was, and the and the race was live. I mean, Bourbon Resolve came out of there and broke his main in a Keeneland next start. Uh, performed, came back to win the Federico Tessio. Yep. Uh, and it looks like he'll be supplemented to the Preakness. Yep, one hundred and fifty. One hundred fifty. So um, it was a live race. Yeah, you and then, then you then you go instantly in, into the stakes. And, you know, I remember the second start because he, he was he was bet down a little bit and he, he, he ran OK. I mean, he had probably had some trouble. And, you know, tell us a little bit about he's that. His own, he's his own trouble. Right. Tell us a little bit about that second yeah. start. And did you get did you get kind of down on him in that point? I'm imagining no, because you came back in the Florida Derby. No, on the, you know, on the contrary, I was more impressed with his fourth than if he would have had a clean trip and finished second because he overcame things that a young horse, first of all, we were, we were thinking about running an allowance, but Gulfstream, the only allowance in the book was a mile and an eight. And we go, we're like, damn, to go seven to a mile and an eight. It's a lot. Is a bit much. It, 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 it's pushing it. But a short stretch mile and 16 against, I knew Forte was coming back in the race. So I knew the field was going to get, I mean, we just felt like 
that it wasn't like we were going to, we were going to face one X competition in a big purse race. And even though, even though there was a late rush with the blazing sevens coming back in there and uh rocket can coming back in there, we were like, Oh, wait a minute. Do we Right. But in the end, the, the, the training program had already gone into effect to go for the mile of 16. Right. Well, we didn't know what, you know, was, all right, well, he ran his maiden in this fashion. I guess he's a speed horse. So we told Javier, break out of there and, and, and just fight for the lead and do it. He overcame these things. One, he didn't fill up the stall, so he was leaning. He leans on the back of the stall and crosses his back leg, like just like a lazy, like just like if he's napping back there. And he broke out. He, 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 he crossed his legs over when he came out of the gate, slammed the gate, and then yeah. Javier asked him to go to the lead. So he fights on that short run to the first turn, five wide, full bore, fighting for the lead. Down the backside, he's wide. And then turning for home, he's wide. And then what only TVG's cameras capture because it's an overhead shot and not the Gulfstream pan shot because the Gulfstream pan shot, when it switches cameras, like whatever, three to four or four to five, whatever it is, it skips three strides. The camera angles... There's a blind spot in their cameras. Go mm-hmm. back and watch the replays. You always see the horses jump forward. And when I, we were watching it live, I was like, "Fuck, man! Forte really passed us like super easily." Yeah. But when you look at the over, when you look at the TVG overhead, Forte slams his left shoulder into our back right hip. We wow. lose huh. two paths of oh, interesting of track and keep on going for it. You only see that on the overhead shot of TVG. Interesting. And then. When he regains his momentum and he starts coming again, Rocket Can comes over, and we check into into our left shoulder into his hind as he comes over on us, and we check hard, and still this horse just grits his teeth and keeps coming and sees Cyclone Mischief and goes after him and two jumps after the short stretch wire he passes Cyclone Mischief for third. Yeah. So we were like, this kid on his second start. Who, he doesn't know what he's, how, what he's doing. He's just like running to run. Yeah, is keeps on coming. Like it's like that neighborhood kid that you you, you punch him. Remember in Casino, Nicky Santoro. If you beat him with a fist, you comes oh, back with a bat. Yeah, he comes back with a gun. That's you better have a gun. You better kill him. Keeps <laughs> coming. So we were like, wow. You you go to the yeah you go to the Florida Derby. Obviously, we all saw that race. You know, he he blows by uh, Forte, and then Forte comes back and beats him on the wire in a in a kind of a strange race. I think a lot of people, Michelle and I included, were like, "Oh, well, that was weird." Forte didn't he, maybe he's over the top, whatever. And I, I'm one of the people I kind of disregarded Mage. I got to be honest with you. And as I look back, and you're telling us these stories. Um, I'm not I, Ramiro, just so you know, I've I, always been on I, Mage's bandwagon. I, you can check all uh, my tapes. Cool. It's true. And <laughs> I, I just wish we had Ramiro on the week before the Derby. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> now I would have found out so much more information. So you run second in the Florida Derby, Ramiro. What are the emotions like going into the Derby, that month that you have? We had, we, had I say this on every show. Bill Strauss came on and gave us the whole Hot Rod Charlie experience. He said he didn't sleep for a month. What were you like leading up to the Derby? Um, to be, uh, and you can ask my friends. They, they they're like, "What are you dropping gummies and and and, and hitting days all day?" <laughs> I was so, I was just calm. That's awesome. I really, I really, I've, I've never enjoyed a race as much 
as the whole experience as this derby experience is something that I'll truly cherish from A to Z, guys. Yeah. Um, he, you know, if you have children, you guys see them, their progression, and they, I, I'm sure they do things around the house that you turn your, you turn like, what? Yeah. Like, who, who are you? A little person? Like, how are you growing up so fast? And they might do something that catches your attention. His growth uh, between Founder of Youth and Florida Derby and then his growth after Florida Derby, you just kept seeing more and more things about the best was yet to come for him. And I, you, you may think that now I'm, I'm saying this to sound cool or smart, but I have no fucking reason to do that. I'm just simply trying to be as candid with you guys as to what we were seeing in the barn because we are a smaller barn and, and, and we're not in it to run last. We're, if we needed the money or we wanted to, you know, you know, be more, it's the horse took us to these things on purpose. He was, he was coming along. So after the Florida Derby, his workouts, the way he was asking for, for more Gustavo does these six, seven, eight furlong works that, you know, are are from what old timers have told me, very Alan Jerkins, Charlie Whittingham-esque. And uh, the horse kept thriving off these things. And we're seeing this where you're seeing, like I said about your children, these are our kids, and 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 I'm you're you're seeing this growth, and I'm like, if we can make up six lengths between Fire and Abuse to the Florida Derby on a horse that I you know respect tremendously, not only the horse but the connections as well in Forte, and Louis after the race was really animated with us that he was like, man, if I knew that he had that Porsche zero to sixty, I would never have asked for half mile pole. Right. Right, exactly. If I knew that, but but we didn't know it. Yeah. All we knew is that Gustavo had trained him behind horses. He had no problem. Louis asked us if he breaks bad, can he eat dirt? And Gustavo goes, "Yes, this time, don't go to the lead. Just chill wherever you are." Yep. And and get him into the race later on. When Louis found himself last at Malpole, he hit the button, and you know you can't ask for. No, no, it was. It was a big move. Talk about the decision to go with Javier Castellano. It's well documented. Uh, I believe he was 0 for 15 in in derbies. Um, talk. Obviously, he's one of the most well well respected jocks around. He is older now, um, and you could see. I mean, in all the videos and all the social media and everything, he got a lot of credit and deservedly so for his ride in the derby. But talk a little bit about the conversations that you guys had when when it came time, because I know you were approached by a lot of different jocks. Yes, and it came down to um, after the Florida Derby, we realized that it wasn't, you know, with a, with a speed horse, today's, especially in today's game, coming for home, you need a really physical rider to bring him home uh, as they start wearing down. And what we learned in the Florida Derby was that more than anything, it's not the necessity of a physical rider, but we need a rider that has hands, heels, and timing. Yep. So, timing in a 20-horse field, because even if Javi was over 15, he was second or he was uh, third on audible, yep. barely in a tremendous ride. He was fourth with Norman, the invasion. So, it's not like he was 20th, 20th, 20th. No, of 20th, course, like, of course. And, he, and he's Javier Castellano, honor code, <laughs> Haley Liam's back. Yeah. Come on. Like, like he, he, a ghost zapper, uh, Bernardini. I mean, Absolutely. Like, come on. Yep. Javier Castellano, we're not talking about you know, Mickey Mouse, this is a Hall of Famer. Absolutely. So when when 
initially after the race, very quickly after that, uh, you know, right when these dirty preps all ended, we got calls. Uh, we got calls from two very experienced riders as feelers to kind of just see kind of what what was going on before we even had a chance to reach out to Javier. Like it was like bam, bam. One was uh, a Frankie Detori exchange with Ron Anderson. Sure. And Fra- and Frankie was like, I'm going to <clears throat> the um, Ron was basically he's committed to going. He, Ron was just trying to figure out if we'd be even interested in Frankie. It was more like, hey guys, Frankie wants to go ride the 2000 Guineas, but maybe he would be interested in riding your horse. Yeah. Would you guys be interested right. if if that marriage could happen? Yeah. And we're like, um, it would that would be something we'd look at, <laughs> but very quickly. Very quickly, Frankie was like, "No, I'm I'm going to the 2000 Guineas right. to ride Cal, which he won, so he made the right." Of decision. course, of course, he did. Uh, yeah, and then um, there was communication with Mike Smith shortly thereafter, who's another, you know, uh, very experienced jock. Yep. And then and then obviously uh, Javi got in touch, and he had experience, obviously not as a rider, but right on the, on the horse. So yeah. it came down to. Javier already knowing kind of what's under the hood and the, the partners, which is Chase, Brian of Commonwealth, myself, Gustavo, senior, junior, and Sam Herzberg, mm-hmm. the six of us being able to all get on the same page and just go over, you know, the, the, the two of them. And, and, uh, overwhelmingly, you know, we decided on Javier and then Javier, like a class act that he was, called all six of us on his on his own accord so cool and so cool and 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 said thank you i'm gonna you, you know you're, you're gonna see how um we're gonna make a game plan for this race and, and we're gonna get it done he is just a, a all-class guy and um I think, you made, I, th- I, th- I think you made the right choice. One more question along the way in that month leading up to the Derby. Because oftentimes, and you saw a, co- a bunch of deals be, uh, that were made, were you approached to sell a piece, sell the whole horse? How did, you, how did you handle that? And did you just at some point say, you know what, we're going with the six of us. We're not selling anything off. We're going to take our chance. We're going to bet on ourselves. Uh, very surprisingly, I never got any offers after the maiden, and we never got any offers after the founder of youth. Really? After Interesting. Yeah. After the Florida Derby, we had we got approached by one person who represents very quickly after the Florida Derby, like right after like the next day, uh, who represents a couple people, and they made uh, an offer to buy a very very small percentage, and that really didn't you know when you chopped up whatever yeah four or five four right. days it was like. Eh. So we yeah. were like, you know, thank you, but no thank you. And then a bunch of time came by, and then we got one serious offer, just one, before the Florida Derby. Um, but they wanted a trainer change. Yeah, after, mm-hmm. stick with your after guy. The Kentucky Derby. Yep, stick with your guy. And and the potential, the, the base price and the potential kickers were quite limited. Okay. To, you know, if it would have been super sexy, gosh, like maybe we would have given it some kind of uh, consideration, strong consideration. Yeah. But, uh, you know, well, they were pretty determined. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm let sure. It go. I'm sure you're going to have plenty of interest now, and and some stallion deals. And I know you're 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 going to handle all that kind of stuff. And the way you've done everything so far has been so classy. And all your interviews, and even this one. I mean, Michelle, I'm <laughs> I'm sitting here just listening and and really enjoying myself. Romero Restrepo uh, joining us here on the Owners Box. I have one more question. Then I'll let. Me, first of all, I know you have dinner in like 20 minutes, so we have to probably go soon. But um, I'm, I'm walking. I'll be walking over this. Okay. Probably. Okay. So. Uh, <laughs> I know it's sometimes hard to to watch yourself and the video that has gone viral is it's it's such a it's an I have the chills right now just thinking about it. Have you watched it and and like looked at yourself and said like, oh, my God, look at myself. Or are you like, yeah, like what's your feeling when you see that video of you just going absolutely bonkers? I mean, uh, people who know me know that that's just me. You yep. know, if you, I'm a horse player, and, and you see me wager. You've also seen the destruction of the racing form <laughs> after the loss. You know, or the, you know, like for every positive, there's there's the opposite, right? Like, sure, we've all been there. Trust I, me. You know, I, I think like the person that you see there is who I am. Like, I wear my myself on my sleeve I'm, I'm i'm me and 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 i'm very you know honest but i'm respectful and and, I, and i'm observant and and i think people who he, hear me know that I'm a, I'm, I'm I'm a genuine like i'm genuine in how i express myself and whether it's through joy or anger or positive emotion like that it, it's me so um it's special that it got recorded uh, because it's something I could look back on forever with, on an amazing memory. It's, it's, the yeah is more that I yeah it with my mom, I yeah it with my brothers, I yeah it with my uncles and my aunts, and we all, a beautiful moment, exchanging energy and love was caught on tape. And, and that to me, like me cheering Javi on, cheering my horse on, and sharing that expression of energy to the horse and the jock as they're in the middle of the ride, and to my fans, that to me is the most special thing that I, actually there's evidence that I can always look back and be like, man, that really happened. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Indeed it did. That, that, is, that is so truthful and honest, and, and we appreciate it. All right, can you give us a scoop on the Preakness? Do we know if we're going? Uh, is it still up in the air? What, what can we expect? This could be, you know, a world exclusive for the owner's box. So it's uh, very important, Romero. No, I, 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 don't think they, I don't think there's that many uh, question marks. Just like with anything, you want to make sure the horse comes like, like you just want to make sure the horse comes out great. It seems that he has. We're, right now we're looking into uh, a potential logistical, you know, trips if everything maintains itself. Yep. Um, I do not believe we are going to work in between. Okay. Uh, there's not going to be like official time work. I, the South American style, they do like a happy, they call, they call it, it's so funny. They say happy gallop. A happy gallop. A happy gallop. Is that a like, that's gallop. like a two minute lick? Something like that? Something like that. Yeah, keep him. I mean, this horse has put in some work. Well, he's I mean? fit. He's, he's got to be fit. Yeah. And, and then that's his, that's the training. Uh, well, speak, wait, I have to interrupt you real quick because I saw he went back to the truck. So he got like two days off and went back. Is that his normal MO or is that? Yeah. Because... Yeah, yeah. No, that's his, that's normal MO. Because you guys are gearing up for another race. Well, yeah, it's always been his. 
I know I I know I speak for everybody in horse racing when I say we would love to see him and have that chance at at another uh, I hate, hate to even say it or jinx it but a triple crown possibility I mean he looks there's only I think three of Derby starters possibly disarm and I think confidence game that are even thinking <laughs> about going back there so there'll be a bunch of new shooters but generally um, the the Derby winner does very well in the Preakness. We've seen it time and time again, and I can tell you just from this interview and knowing you in the past that you are uh, honest. and And I think the word you were looking for is people respect the fact that you wear your emotions on your sleeve. And I think that that's uh, I think everybody is very proud. Uh, and and I, I I don't know. I can't I can't tell you enough how many people have said how happy they are for you and your crew and obviously for Mage. So thank you for spending the time with us today. And hopefully, Michelle and I will see you at Pimlico. That would be really awesome, man. Thank you for those words, uh, Billy. It's, uh, it's, um, you know, it feels good to, like, I've been lucky to have a lot of friends of mine win big races or do big things, and I'm so happy for them. And it's, it's amazing to feel that reciprocated love back, man. Because uh, what better feeling is that of, uh, uh, you know, that, that that that's being given to you when you know, you're hugged and, 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 and treated well from people back. So it feels great. And, uh, hopefully, you know, the, the ride is, uh, just beginning. Absolutely. Well, yeah. And, and just to go one more thing and you know, it's genuine, like this game, Michelle and I talk about it on our show all the time. There are haters out there. Believe me, there are haters. There are people that are jealous. And I think that, that when you feel, and you talked about sharing the love with your family and when you get it back from the industry, it, there's 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 a lot of genuine people out there, and I think it's important to note that. And obviously, Romero, uh, we're we're gonna we're we're on the journey, and we're, we're, we look forward to the rest of it. And and like you said, hopefully, it's just getting started. So I know you got a dinner with my friend Ben Henley. Uh, go enjoy, uh, and and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Awesome! Thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, Romero Restrepo here on the. Well, Michelle, I don't know about you, but I am uh, like sweating. I've had the chills like five times. I'm, you know, I, I can't say He's enough so good like things. so like you, Billy. It's crazy. You know, and it's funny because he was close to his grandfather, same way I was close to my grandfather. You know, it's a very similar story. And and uh, credit to them for having a very short list. I really like that because my guy who we use, John Dowd, who I, I don't know if you know or not, um, yeah, we had dinner. Right. Oh, right. We all went out to dinner. So, yeah. you know, we there was like 1,200 horses at OBS April, and our list was five. <laughs> and no, so and it's it, so I like I, I actually kind of like what he was saying. Look, we did the whole Maryland sale. We had two horses, you know, and, right. and we bought one of them, the one we liked best. And we spent a little more, but we bought that horse. We went for it. And look what happened. Turns out they win the Kentucky Derby. And I, I remembered and I forgot to ask Romero, but one of the reasons I think they didn't uh, people didn't like Mage in that two year old sale was he, his parrot mouth. And if you look oh, at was he parrot mouth? Yes, go look at the pictures of Mage. Oh, he I has, didn't even notice. Yes, now I have to he, look at, I, I love a parrot mouth. A lot of people it, it, it's a very love-hate relationship with parrot mouths. A lot of people will just instantly be turned off. And a parrot mouth means I'm gonna describe it and then Michelle will laugh at me. It's like the front part of their mouth is is way uh oh. over the 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 lower part of their mouth. Yes. Yeah. So Oh my gosh. And I forgot that. So basically he's got this huge overbite and then his lower mandible is significantly shorter than his front. Right. So it's, it's a little ugly for some people to look at. It's like a, it's like a buck tooth. Certainly. Right. 
Right, right. So I think that that yeah, turns some a, people yeah, off. It's but, like an overbite. You know, uh, I just uh, again, I mean, I love the way that Romero has handled everything. Um, he was kind enough to join us on the show today and spend a lot of time with us. Uh, I thought his interviews that that I've seen have have been terrific. And uh, just credit to that whole crew with Mage winning the the Kentucky Derby. I thought it was a, a great story. And even though my pocketbook got completely decimated, uh, I was very happy for that crew. Crazy. I had like a great day Saturday gambling. I know. You said that already. I don't need to. I know. I'm just excited. Me. I rarely have great days like that, Billy. Uh, I know. All right. Well, Michelle, I told you. We told everybody in our Derby preview that we'd have the winner of the Kentucky Derby. And guess what? We delivered. Billy came through. We delivered. So I hope everybody enjoyed that interview. Um, special thanks to all our sponsors, Gainsway, uh, Santa Anita, Del Mar. You can reach the show at Own a Horse on Twitter, at the Michelle U, at BKLRF. Michelle, what's going on at Santa Anita this weekend? So coming up at the Great Race Place, we have racing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So on Friday, it's just a regular old racing day with free admission and general parking. On Saturday, we have the San Luis Ray Stakes. So that's a mile and a half on the turf. We're going to have the family fun zone. Also, the, those Sea Biscuit Tram Tours are back in action, powered by My Racehorse. And we're going to have a $40 handicapping contest on site. On Sunday, it is Mother's Day. So if That's you're looking right. for something fun to do when you want to bring your moms, uh, Santa Anita is a great place to come. We're going to have a Mother's Day buffet in the front runner. We're going to have a chandelier room party, also trackside dining Mother's, Mother's Day buffet, um, and then that $40 handicapping contest, as well as the family fun zone. Michelle, happy Mother's Day. Oh, thank you. You are a great very mom. I know that Olivia and Spencer are very lucky, as is your hub, hubby that you like to call him Ryan, who I know uh, uh, could probably, uh, I don't even know the words to use, that I'm sure he's very appreciative of everything you do with these kids. You are a terrific mom. Thank you, Billy. I appreciate that all very right. much. <clears throat> all right, everybody. Well, all the moms out there, happy Mother's Day. Ramiro Restrepo, thank you. And Mother's Day. Congratulations to Mage on his Kentucky Derby win. And Michelle, uh, oh, we'll do the show before I leave. I'm going to go to Pre Preakness next Wednesday, I think. I'm going to go early. Next Wednesday. Okay. Are, are you going? No. Nope. Not unless they call me I might put you in charge of the Little Red Feather. minute. Can I put you in charge of the Little Red Feather, Feather Runners that weekend? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I think Elm Drive might run. I think Conclude might come back. I think we might have a bunch that weekend. So I'm, I might oh, put you in great. charge. All right. All right, guys. Yes, uh, do. That is it for the show. We will see you next week. Michelle, adios. Billy, thank you. And bye.